Welcome to episode number 27 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast, where our goal is to strengthen, unite, and restore your marriage. And together with my husband, David, we are the co-founders of MendOurMarriage.com. And our goal is to break the back of divorce by bringing married couples together to be accountable, keep the passion alive, and expose the hidden issues that try to rip marriages apart. And we are back in the booth today with me, Amanda Taylor, and my husband, my genius, my boo, <laughs> David Taylor. She called me genius, My y'all. genius. Oh, Jesus. My brainiac. Welcome, guys. Welcome to episode... <laughs> I'm trying to stay focused. She played too much. Welcome to episode number 27 of the Mastering Marriage Podcast. Hey, we everybody. We are back in the booth. We're back. Yes. And so we thank you guys for tuning in to another lovely show. Uh, this episode promises to yield a lot of information. So And raise uh, some eyebrows. because yes, you know on Fridays we drop some nuggets. So get ready to... Uh, Maybe be stretched a little bit, because this, this topic that I'm going to talk about today is going to maybe, it may rub you a little bit the wrong way initially, but it'll make sense in the end. So just stick with me, I promise you. Yes, hang in there. Just hang in, <laughs> hang in there, because, yeah, and the whole goal is to challenge you to grow, you know, exactly. with with no challenge, with, with nothing provoking you to grow, you may not be interested in growing. You may just continue to do the same thing over and over again. We so, hope not. Yeah, we hope not. And that's why we're here to provide an alternative perspective. Um, and so before I get into the topic, because I'm hyped, I'm ready to do it, I would, just like what, <laughs> I would just like to say that this podcast episode is brought to you on behalf of MendOurMarriage.com. And our goal is to do one thing and one thing only. It's to break the back of divorce. Now crack a box. Okay, she hyped too. We had some coffee before we started. So mocha. Mocha, coffee, something. So anyway, that's probably why she over here acting up. But anyway, that's our goal, to break the back of divorce and to help marriages improve. That's right. Marriages are hurting, and our job is to do what we wish we would have had when we were going through our phase. Our right. job is to help others. We wish we would have had that help. So uh, go to the site, mendourmarriage.com. Take a look at the resources. Take a look at our videos. we got some new stuff coming out, some more new videos coming out. Uh, take a look at the podcast, which you're listening to right now. Read the blog post. And leave us some messages. You know, talk to us. Let us know what's going on. We're here to help. Also, before I get into the topic, Men Does 90, the registration for that program is still open. Yes, it 90 is. days. Uh, 90 days of of intense work to save your marriage. That's right. And we were looking for reluctant and motivated spouses. Now, if you are a motivated spouse and your spouse, your other, your spouse is too reluctant to join, that's fine. That was me. I was too reluctant to do anything. And Mandy, because she was hyper motivated, uh, did a lot of the upfront work and it won my heart. So if you're wondering whether or not you should still join, even though your spouse is not interested that's fine join as a matter of fact we may well i won't say that yet i'll just we'll just <laughs> we'll just go with where we are right now but anyway um registration closes on sunday sunday at midnight and so you got some time and we still got some spaces so we want to see your name so we can begin to help you out but anyway 
let's go ahead and jump into this topic because I'm I'm ready to see what people think about this. Um, right. And what you think? You want me to? I just we go go ahead. Of course, and, I know that you created the title for this, and definitely my eyebrows rose yeah. when I looked at she, it. She she kind of almost doubted me at first. I gave him the first. side eye. She did. So let me tell you, and you probably know the title because that's how you found the show. Uh, but it's called, there is one thing more important than love. And I will also add the rest of the sentence to your marriage. So there's one thing in your marriage that's more important than love. And I want to, I want to see what y'all think about this. Okay. So let me, let me start, let me start by saying this. Love is not the foundation of the marriage. I'm going to pause there. (laughs) Okay. It's not. Love is not the foundation of the marriage. Now, I know we were taught that love is the foundation of the marriage. And and don't get me wrong, okay? If we're being very technical and saying love is God, then yes, God is the foundation of life, of everything we do. So we already agree on that, so we can remove that from the variable. So outside of that, love is not the foundation of the marriage. Love in, in regards to, you know, my love for my spouse and vice versa. That's not the foundation of the marriage. That's good that you specified that up front. Well, you know, because I know people are going to jump down my throat. Yes. (laughs) But I'll say that it's not the... Love is not the foundation of the marriage, and it does not keep the marriage together. Ooh. Ooh. Love does not keep the marriage together. Mm -hmm. You hear that? Yeah, I'm just going to... I'm going to tread a little bit slow on this first part, because I want y'all to just get this in. And... Because think about it. I seriously doubt that... The 50% of marriages that end in divorce are from couples that never loved each other or couples that don't currently love each other. As a matter of fact, I know personally people who have gone through divorce and they still love their spouse. And I know people that were in love, in in love, in the marriage, and they still ended up having a divorce. Me too. Why is that? Hmm? Why is that? I'm asking you guys a question. If love was the most important thing to the marriage then it would probably be the one thing that's capable of keeping the marriage together. And often I've found, and remember, I've been a mental health counselor for the last 10 years, and I, I do this for a living. I've found that most of the couples that come to me, they're in love, and they love each other, but they still end up getting a divorce or end up in a position where they want a divorce. Mm-hmm. We were like that, you know, and... I wouldn't say that I fell out of love the moment I said I didn't want to be with my wife, but I, that gradually happened as a result of some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about today. Um, so so just kind of allow me to expand a little bit, okay? A successful marriage is the result of something else, okay? It's the result of something else. And I wish Mandy wouldn't have known because I would have asked her so she can get it wrong on air. But because oh. <laughs> I wanted to know, I want to know what people was thinking. But a successful marriage is the result of something else. It's the result of the application of knowledge. So in sense, a successful marriage is the result of having wisdom and applying that to your situation. That's let good. me go deeper. So let me talk about Mandy and I for a second. When we got married, we both believed that our marriage would survive and thrive off of the love that we share. I mean, we were like, you know, when we were up there in front of the hundreds of people, 200 or whatever people that was there doing our wedding ceremony, I mean, we had some very powerful vows that we said. Yeah, I mean, these... got them on on DVD or tape, videotape. These vows were potent. I mean, it was so potent that there was not a dry eye in the room. 
I promise you, it was everybody was crying. That's how Deep. potent. I mean, we were we just put our hearts in that thing. You know, we were and we meant it. And we meant it. We we were Everywhere. like head head over heels in love with each other, and we were we were confident that the love that we shared was strong enough. I mean, like we were confident that there was no way possible that our marriage would end in divorce. We didn't even contemplate divorce because we were so in love with each other. Unfortunately, there was something that we both were. <laughs> and it was naive, ignorant. And, you know, with all due respect, Mandy, we were both ignorant right. when we got married. Um, and, I mean, you have to know the definition of ignorant and ignorance. It just some people yeah. just look at that as a Yeah, don't get offended because ignorance word. only means lacking knowledge. Right. That's really what it means, lacking knowledge. So both Mandy and I were very ignorant as it pertains to marriage because we lacked a lot of knowledge about marriage. And most people who get married are naive. And like I said, I mean, no disrespect. I'm just stating that most people get married and they remain ignorant regarding how to manage marriage. Right. And they think that they're the exception to the rule. Yes. Oh, we were the exception, baby. We were the super exception. We got prophesied and I mean, people were just filling our heads up. And, you know, we were the exception to the rule that we were untouchable. We were the chosen couple. And... um that didn't work out too well, did it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But but I'm just saying, most people get married and they remain ignorant, which means they remain without knowledge. You know, and there are some very important things that you have to educate yourself on if you want your marriage to succeed. I promise you, if you don't educate yourself on these things, you run a higher risk of your marriage failing. The overwhelming majority of the people that come to me come to me in a condition where they lack a lot of knowledge and that's why they come to me. They pay me so that I could give them additional areas of information to help their marriage. That's why they come to my private practice. You know, and so think about it. When when you start a new job, well, before I say that, let me say this. For some reason, most people, including us, feel like we don't have to have marital intellect. You know, like mm, our cool. marriage IQ is low. I know ours were. When we got married, our IQ for marriage was low. And I, I like to believe that I have a pretty decent IQ. You mm-hmm. know, I know how to administer the IQ test mm-hmm. I, like I really do. So, you know, I, I would like to think that I, because of that information, that gives me a high IQ. But when it came to marriage, mm-hmm. you know, just reading the five love languages ain't going to make you, ain't going right. to increase your marriage IQ Just that because much. you have chemistry with your spouse doesn't mean that you know them 100%. Exactly. And just because you love them. You know, and y'all have good sex don't mean that your marriage IQ is high. Right. So just know that most people who get married, they come into marriage and they don't focus on their marital I or their marital intellect or their marital IQ. Uh, and so, so think about it. When you start a new job, you have to go through training, right? You know, and actually the more important the job or the more higher your pay grade, the more intense your training tends to be. Right. You know, and so, you know, as I've said before... When you get a driver's license, you have to be tested, which means you have to actually study, study to learn how to drive. Mm-hmm. And most people, like most teenagers will tell you, I know how to drive, but they don't know the rules exactly. and the laws. That's good. And so they lack certain, or they have ignorance as it pertains to certain things. They may know how to put their foot on the gas mm-hmm. and brake and turn and put but their signals on. But they have not studied and paid attention yeah. to detail. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's, you know, I got a niece. She's 15, and, you know, I'm trying to get her ready and prepped to take the, you know, to get her exam, so to take the exam so she can get a permit. And 
she lacks certain knowledge in certain areas because she doesn't she didn't study it right and so right. i think that if you apply that to marriage it's the same way heck when i obtained my state licensure to practice as a mental health counselor as a licensed mental health counselor i spent countless hours studying countless i had to purchase resources so that i could know how to take the test right and not just i didn't just study to pass i had to study to know how to take the test mm-hmm. those are two different things you know, I studied for the content on the test, but then I also had to study on, okay, how do you even approach the test? How do you approach this portion of the test, right? And so, I mean, as a doctor, right, or a lawyer, everybody that has any type of, like, high-value position, they have to take a test. They have to study. Mm. They have to be tested to determine whether or not they're capable of carrying such a responsibility. Right. So, how, so how much so yeah. should we study to, yes, to be in a yes, marriage for a lifetime, yes, to gain a lifetime Preach partner. It. And that, and, I mean, lifetime. And we say this, <laughs> and we're laughing, but it to me, this is the most important thing. Is yeah. we 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 don't take it that serious. We don't take marriage that serious. Mm-hmm. We think we can just get in marriage because I love you, you love me. It's going to work. No, it's not. And I want to say this, you know, and this may step on a couple toes. Step on them toes. But, you know, I definitely think that, you know, getting the premarital counseling and all that is great. But if you think about it, most times that's no more than six to eight weeks. Yeah, we took it. Yeah, so so think about it. When you're in college, a six to eight week (laughs) course is like just literally one semester. Yeah, yeah. My internship had to be longer than that because I had to get a certain amount of hours. So how much so? I mean, so it's like we really need more than that because you think about the topics that you cover in marriage counseling, you cover like one thing a week, you get one assignment, and then you move on to the next thing. Yeah, it's, it's kind of accelerated. When I had to learn, when I, before I got my license to practice psychology, I had to put in thousands. When I say thousands, I mean thousands of hours before I was even qualified to get my license, even my state take license. The, yes, the test. I had to. I had to put in thousands of hours before I can even take the test, right? And so, and, and then I had to, and then I had to sit else. underneath supervision for hundreds of hours before I could even qualify. Those were all qualification marks. If I didn't have it, I couldn't even get my license. Mm-hmm. So why in the world do we think that we can get married without having knowledge and think that our marriage is going to survive? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm asking you that. And this is not a, like, a, I'm, I'm, I may sound like I'm frustrated, but it's not. It's really me being passionate. Like, why in the world do we think we could be married without investing time in understanding the aspects of marriage? Like, how dare us think that, all it's going to take is loving God for our marriage to survive. Exactly. Matter of fact, this is how I understand God to be. Whatever you mismanage, you lose. So if I mismanage my marriage, I lose. And so why would I or how could I pray to God to bless my marriage if I'm continually mismanaging it? Or if you even look at it like this. The word says, faith without works is dead. So I can pray and declare all day, but if I do not put into practice yeah. or walk out that faith yeah. in action, or, yeah. then it cannot, you know, it cannot be executed. And if we're going to stick to the Bible, let's go to Proverbs, right? My people are destroyed for a lack, lack of, knowledge. of knowledge. And there, and there's something crucial to that scripture that we often overlook in certain areas of our life. That's why when, when people come to me and they want to start their business, Right. I recommend them to do one thing. Mm -hmm. It's go study. Mm -hmm. 
go educate yourself before you get your business cards, before you build your website, go read a book. And I often say go read Rich Dad, Poor Dad because it actually changes how you view money. You get educated. You get extra knowledge. And I believe that when you get married, you have to continually get knowledge. So, I mean, and I, I don't want to beat the dead horse, you know, but I, I just got to stay there for a little bit. I want to play in this puddle mm-hmm. because it's so crucial. Mm-hmm. And and that's why we do mend our marriage because we, we don't want to just be another one of those sites that have a lot of fans and, you know, interesting blog topics because we want people to, you know, like our Facebook page. We want to actually give you something that will save your marriage. And that will challenge you. That will challenge you. If, if you listen to one of my podcasts, one of our podcasts, and you don't take away something that, will, that you can apply, we didn't do our job. Mm-hmm. We're just entertaining you. Right. We don't want to entertain you. And let us know. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and after pondering this topic, I actually outlined seven different areas that you must have knowledge in pertaining to your marriage if you want it to survive. And this stuff this stuff is not optional. Trust me, it's a necessity. It's a necessity. Okay? And, and I guarantee, like, that if this, I guarantee that if you can take this stuff, if you can apply this stuff, even just do 10% more get 10% more information, your marriage will be that much more better. I guarantee. I guarantee. So let me let me go over these seven things because I could stay there all day and, you know, maybe at some other point I will. Maybe we'll turn this into a blog post. Uh, but there are seven areas that, and actually there are more, but I'm going to give you seven different areas that you really have to make sure you have knowledge in. And I mean knowledge, like study these areas. Um, and these are probably the most important areas to your marriage. So the first one is this, and this is probably a no-brainer, but it's know yourself. Like, I've recognized that, because I'm a certified life coach, so I like to life do life coaching, and the people that I've come across that I have worked with or worked with in the past, I noticed that 90% of them don't truly know themselves to their core. They may know their surface self, you know, like the outer shell of who they are, but they, they don't know their core. Right. They don't they don't they lack a level of self-awareness that will keep them from projecting their issues on someone else. And I'm going to say that again, because this is crucial to you as a spouse. Most spouses lack a level of self-awareness that will keep them from projecting their issues onto their spouse. That's good. So if I don't know that I am already dealing with the personal issue, I may assume that it's my wife that's causing me to react or feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I may blame her for me reacting. As a matter of fact, that's what I did when we first started going through our mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I used to project a lot of my personal things, my personal issues onto my wife. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've... Oh, go ahead. You was going to jump just, in? I was going to jump Dutch. in. Just, just real quick. I mean, an example of that, if you are a procrastinator before mm-hmm. you get married and nobody ever called you on your stuff because you were able to hide that behind closed doors mm-hmm. and kind of clean it up, mm-hmm. when you get married, you're going to be living with somebody who's going to see that. Yeah. So that means that they're going to challenge you on that and call you on it. Yeah. And you may, you may, you know, look at that as being, you know, them picking on you mm-hmm. or them being mean or being judgmental yep. when you don't have that self-awareness to yeah. be able to see, okay, yeah. this is something I need to correct. Yeah. I need to be, I need to be okay with being held accountable in this area and improve. And it's not my spouse's fault for, you know, my issues coming to light. And being reflected off of them. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. Good job, baby. That's some good stuff. So know yourself. Educate yourself on yourself. (laughs) I don't want to sound redundant, but educate yourself on yourself. Mm -hmm. Make sure that you know who you are. 
I don't know if it's possible to be 100% in tune with 100% of yourself because I believe we are evolving, not in the sense of like evolution, but we're mm -hmm. constantly growing. Mm -hmm. I believe God is a, you know, eternal God. And the closer we get to him, the more we see him, but also the more we know about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're always growing in areas, but know as much about you as you can know. And if we're okay with where we are and we know that yeah. we have, you know, we have more more growing to do. Yeah. Then when we get with our spouse, we already know, you know, their heart and we'll believe that they want the best for us. Exactly. So when they do challenge us on those areas we need to grow in, we'll trust that they want to help us to grow. They want to help us to, you know, to move forward. Yeah. And, and, you know, and from that, we will learn and actually grow and take exactly. initiative. Yeah, and that's good. And so because it leads to the second one, which is know your spouse. And. I say it like this, your most important job in the marriage is to become the best and brightest student of your spouse. That's right. I, I know a lot of people in our age range that are in school right now, and they get excited when they get A's and B's. As a matter of fact, no, let me rephrase it. They get frustrated when they get C's and B's because they want to always get A's in their classes mm -hmm. in our age range. Mm -hmm. And I say, why not apply that to your marriage as well? Like, mm -hmm. you should... There should not be another person in this world that know your spouse more than you. Right. Like, you should become the best and brightest student of your spouse. You should always be learning your spouse. Mm -hmm. you, should, you should be studying all the parts of your spouse that make them who they are. Mm -hmm. Like, you literally have to study your spouse. Spend time learning every part of them, mm -hmm. all the way down to their core. Mm -hmm. Trust me, this information is vital. If you don't know the core of your spouse, how do you know who they can become in the marriage? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, this is crucial. You can't overlook this step. Mm -hmm. Have intense knowledge of your spouse. Ask questions. Mm -hmm. and, and that's one of the things that I do that Mandy sometimes dislikes is I always ask questions. I would say on the average, I probably ask my wife probably 20 questions a day. <laughs> she may, no, I trust me, they are. You just don't realize that I'm because they're all bunched up together. Like, so why did you just say that, or what do you think about that, or you know? And and so, but I, I, I would I would ask my wife. I ask my wife a lot of questions. Yeah, and my, and David does ask me a lot of questions, but I do want to clarify. I came from. Before we got married, I came from a family who didn't ask a lot of questions <laughs> like that yeah, so. and try to get to the very core of things. So it almost came came off as, you know, attacking or picking yeah. or, yeah. you know, I didn't crying. Do it right. I didn't I didn't at the pick beginning. my time, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. now, you know, it's different. So I understand it and I appreciate him taking the time to do that. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, because we're always learning more about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then also just real quick. You know, striving to learn your spouse and really get an understanding of who they are and what their potential is will mm. help you in the seasons when, when they're at their worst. Yes. Because you can see them from a place of, okay, I know who you are and I know who you're supposed to be. This isn't you. Yeah. So you can help to pray for them to get to that place yeah. and support them when they're not there. And you know what buttons to push. For instance, Mandy wrote a book in less than a month, right? Mm -hmm. How many thousand words was it? Like how many thousand? Over 10,000. Uh, yeah, over 10,000 word book in less than a month. But had I not pushed that button, Mandy wouldn't have written that book. Not to say she was incapable, but I've learned a lot about my wife and I know her potential. I, I, I recognize my wife's potential. And sometimes when she undercuts her potential, I, I'm there to say, no, we're not going to let you cheat yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think just 
knowing your spouse helps you to know how to promote them. Right. How to position them. And it's not always going to feel good. If you think about it, teachers and instructors don't always make you feel good, but yeah. they push you yeah. to get those good grades if they see that you're a good student. Yeah. And as a result, my wife, my baby, wrote her book. I sure did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the third one because I can stay there all night, too. So here's another one. Know the purpose for your marriage. Another crucial area that you have to gain knowledge in. Mission statement. Yes. Have your mission statement. And, and the more I think about this stuff, I think we're going to have to craft something for this, like a course or something. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that later. But anyway, every marriage has a purpose. Every marriage has a purpose. Every. Now, you hear me, guys. Every marriage has a purpose, including yours. Your marriage is failing right now. If it's failing, it still has a purpose. If you don't know the purpose of your marriage, you risk being out of position. Being in position is the most important thing to life. We miss opportunities when we're out of position, right? Mm-hmm. We, we mismanage things when we're out of position, mm-hmm. you know? We, we, we cause more damage than good when we're out of position. And we let other people interfere mm-hmm. and, yeah. and sometimes rattle and mess things up when, yeah. we're, when we're out of position. Exactly. If, if I own a screwdriver but I don't know its purpose, two things will happen. Maybe more than two, but two major things will happen. Number one, I will abuse its purpose. And abuse is made up of two words, abnormal and use. Abnormal use means abuse. And I will abuse the thing if I don't know its purpose. I may start using it as a hammer instead of a screwdriver. You know what I mean? And so if I don't know what it is, that's one thing that happened. And the second thing is when I need a screwdriver, I won't recognize that I already have a screwdriver because I don't know the purpose of it. Mm. And so you, you want to make sure that you know intently the purpose of your marriage. That means that that will require you and your spouse getting together. Getting getter. What's that? That's uh, a newness. That's a new new. Getting, a, <laughs> getting together to discuss the foundation and the purpose for your marriage. Exactly. You have to invest time up front. Right. We wrote ours on the 3x5 card. And I, I guarantee when we stopped discussing our purpose, we started to go off track. Right. And we almost ended in divorce. Mm-hmm. So important. So crucial. Here's the next one. I think this is number four. Yeah. Know the season of your marriage that it's in or know the season that your marriage is in. And this is another good one. We don't even think about this a lot. Dr. Gary Chapman, the author of The Five Love Languages, he also writes a book called The Four Seasons of Marriage. Mm -hmm. And in that book, he talks about, you know, of course, the winter, the spring, the fall, and the summer seasons of marriage. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've found that if you are not in tune to the season of marriage that you're in, you will misappropriate where you are because you're out of position. For instance, if you're in the winter season of your marriage, don't try to plant seeds. You can't, right? Try to plant seed right now when you're up north in the fall or the winter. It's not going to take root and grow that. And if it grows, it's not going to grow that much fruit, right? You got to grow seeds or plant seeds in the right right season for your marriage. Mm You know, and I think often what happens is because we don't understand the season that we're in, we don't know how to manage or navigate through that season. If we're in the winter season, but we're acting like we're in the summer season, we're <laughs> things are going to fizzle and die really quick. And if we're in the summer season, but we're not planning for the next season to come, things are going to fall and fizzle. And so make sure, and that's a really good book. Mm-hmm. The Four Seasons of Love. Yeah, Dr. it's going to be in, in our resources. Yeah, on the resource um, section on of our, our yeah, website. Yeah, on our website. So you can go there and purchase it. Yeah. But I also want to say that in that book, I remember he talked about how one spouse may think that, you know, Ooh. the marriage is in winter and the yes. other one thinks that they're in summer. That's what happened to us. So that goes back to one of the earlier points. You have to know yourself and know your spouse. Yes. 
yeah. so that you can recognize where you are. Yes, that's some good stuff. Good job, baby. I like that one. I didn't even think about that. That's good. Yes, yes. It's a good book. Read it. it Trust is, me. It is. Gain knowledge. Okay, so let's go to the to the fifth one. The fifth one is this. Know your support group. It's another good one. Ooh, very, very important. <laughs> you are the average of the five individuals that you are the closest to. Likewise, your marriage is the average of the five marriages that it's closest to. Wow. And so if you, like right now, write down the five marriages or couples or relationships that you're the closest to, you're going to be the average of those. Hmm. So if you're surrounded by marriages and they all broke, <laughs> honey child boo-boo, you go, your marriage is probably honey, looking just like that. Would I say it backwards? Honey boo-boo child? Yeah. I say honey child. <laughs> I, you, know, you can tell I don't say that. But anyway, I'm just saying, make sure, though, that you surround yourself with people that will keep you productive. Yes. You. This is vital. I promise you. This is vital. This is. I'm gonna say it again. This is vital. Who do you have in your corner? Mm. Can you? Can they add value to your marriage? Mm. Who keeps your marriage accountable? Mm -hmm. All of these are questions. And Who, even if you're in the summer yeah. season, you need to have accountability on a regular basis, oh, on yes. a monthly on oh, a yes. monthly basis. Yes. It's about marriage maintenance. Yes. Who challenges you to grow? Being proactive, yes. not reactive or radioactive. Yes. If you don't know what that means, go to episode 26 and no, listen in. I don't think that was 26. It wasn't 26? No, it wasn't 26. Oh, I got hyped. You got hyped. It's a coffee. Go back and look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but that's, that's crucial. Know your support group. We didn't do this. When we got married, we did not connect ourselves to people that can hold us accountable. And I guarantee that was one of the main reasons why we went off track. And in the beginning, we did have a lot of friends who were married, but nobody really talked about the core of what was going on in mm -hmm. their relationships. Mm -hmm. At least we didn't have anybody like that at that exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and nobody is exempt. Right. Nobody is exempt from problems. So right. don't act like you exempt because right. you ain't. No matter how long you've been married. Your tail is not exempt. Mm -mm. Okay. So to stop acting like that. Okay. Number six is this. <laughs> Know your plan for the next three to five years of your marriage. Mm. Again, another crucial one. I, we got so many stories we could tell you about this. Ooh. Know the next three to five years of your marriage. You better have a plan. If you don't have a destination, how will you know when you arrive? Mm. I'm going to say that again. If you don't have a destination, how in the heck will you know when you arrive? I added that heck in there. That was more oh, emphasis. Okay. Most marriages fizzle out and become routine because the marriage is not headed anywhere. It's just merely in survival mode, right? Mm. Go to work, come home, cook, eat, go to bed. That rinse. sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Rinse, wash, and repeat. That's what <laughs> you do. It, that happened to us. You yeah, know, we, we didn't have a three to five year. As a matter of fact, <laughs> we lost two homes, two homes, two homes because we didn't have a three to five year plan. My bachelor home, my very first home that I purchased, and then our first home that we got built, we lost both of those to foreclosure because... We didn't have a three to five year plan. Tremendous financial debt because of that, because we didn't have a plan, right? You have to have a plan. If you don't, you won't know when you arrive at your destination. Please, guys, don't do what we did. <laughs> don't do what we did. You know what I mean? So let me, I, I can stay there again, but I want to go to number seven because I know we're coming up on 30 minutes. Number seven is this. Know the plan for the stormy seasons. Mm. Every relationship will go through a series of stormy seasons. Mm -hmm. That's the cycle of life. There's no, no such thing as always 100% perfect weather, mm -hmm. right? So just know that there are stormy seasons and, and know the plan for that season when it comes, right? Have a backup plan. Have a contingency plan. Mm -hmm. Sure, you can't plan for everything, but 
plan at least in advance. For instance, financially, have a financial plan, right? What happens if someone uh, loses their job or gets injured and can't work, right? You don't want to be reduced just to one income. Trust me, we've been there. (laughs) We know what it's like to have our uh, electricity, you know, get turned off and have to get uh, money from family and friends to get our electricity turned back on because Mm -hmm. we were reduced down to one income Mm -hmm. because we were living off of two and we should have been living off one anyway. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) <laughs> not going to go there. <laughs> Life can surprise you if you are not prepared. Mm-hmm. Surprises are to marriage as kryptonite is to Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that again. Okay? Marriages do not like surprises. Surprises. So surprises are to marriages as kryptonite is to Superman. Right? It slowly drains the marriages or the marriage of its strength. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure that you have plans in place. And that's why I think it's good to have accountability with other marriages because then you can learn from them yeah. what they go through. We're, and if you've never seasoned, been through yeah, it, exactly. then you can have a plan. You can say, okay, well, we haven't went through this, but, you know, hey, what would we do? Don't. Yeah, it, they, ooh, 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 I got hype because that's good, baby. Because think about it. What we, we what we used to do is we would look at other people's marriages and their issues, mm-hmm. and we would say, well, we're not there. That's not going to be us. Mm-hmm. And instead, what we should have did was said, okay, what – why not develop a plan just in case that is us? Right, or at least, do that. yeah, at least discuss what will Ooh, we do, how will we handle that? I can slap that? myself because we didn't do that back so then. <laughs> well, because that was so, it was like, it, it it was screaming for us to have a plan, but instead we would kind of had our noses up like, that ain't us, you know, mm-hmm. we ain't, that ain't going to be us, mm-hmm. you know, so why not be prepared mm-hmm. financially, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and even physically? Why not be prepared, Okay. You know, anything can happen. And so, you remember, you don't your marriage doesn't do well with surprises, okay? So, uh, you know what? I could go on and on, and I, I like this topic. Um, this was a good topic. But I want to hear back from you guys because, trust me, knowledge and having wisdom in your marriage is going to make – well, let me say it this way. Having more knowledge and more wisdom will make your your marriage last longer. Lack, lacking <laughs> – Lacking I'm, knowledge, yeah. Lacking knowledge, lacking knowledge and wisdom will cause your marriage to end quicker. Brings distraction. <laughs> it brings distraction, and that's the principle in every area of, of your every life. Every area, what you mismanage, you lose. If you lack knowledge and understanding, trust me, when the, when the rough times come and you really need to rely on information that you lack, it's going to show. It's exactly. going to show. And so I'll end there because, like I said, I can go on and on. But trust me, guys, take note. Even if you apply one of the seven. Start today. It's never too late. That's right. It's never too late. Um, and rely on us. We're here to help. We're providing you some tangible, you with some tangible, high quality, high, highly impactful information that you could start to apply today in your marriage. That's right. Um, that's our goal. But anyway, uh, we would like to hear what you have to say about this. You know, shout us out on Facebook. Right. You know, uh, um, why don't you, um, when we post it on Facebook, you can leave a, you know, like a review of the podcast. Because I really want to hear what people got to say about this mm-hmm. one. And we want you, you know? to share it. I mean, yeah, if you share really it, enjoy leave it. Leave a comment. Share it. Yeah, yeah. And then also, don't forget, we're still trying to make number one, guys. We fell off quick. Uh, so we need more honest ratings and reviews in iTunes. Yes, Please. Yes. We only got 33 33 reviews and 35 ratings. We mm-hmm. should be up to like 60 or 70 right now, mm-hmm. honestly. And know. David, and I'm just going to just say, David, I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm going to say this. Uh-oh. We might want to post a, a, a tutorial to show people how to um, do their ratings on iTunes from their computer. Because some people just have it on their computer and maybe not on their phone. 
okay, I'll, I'll think about that. Be able to do that. Yeah, I look at the analytics and it shows me that that most people that listen on iPhone or from Apple listen to it from their Apple devices and not the computers. But mm-hmm. I'll do it. I did a tutorial for the other one, so I don't have mind doing one from the computer as well. Do Whatever it is to help you guys out. Mm-hmm. But we need more ratings and reviews. Bottom line, okay, guys. Anyway, we're done. Uh, it's about thirty-five minutes, thirty-six minutes, so that's enough time. Uh, let me know what you guys think, okay? And uh, we're going to tune out until next time. All right, y'all. So we'll see y'all later, y'all. Deuces. Deuces.